You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Hey investors, Bradley here from Watson Estates and you're listening to the largest, fastest growing podcast for Toronto real estate on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Now, as an investor and a broker myself, I want to know what's going on in our market. We like to study it and keep you guys in, up to date with what's going on. Local, Toronto, GTA. Well, what's the point unless we're talking to investors? Now, I know it's been a while since we've had a guest on our show. In fact, it's been a couple weeks, but today we have Jared Henderson, who's our first guest. He actually lives in Montreal, but invests in the GTA, specifically in Peterborough, now, it's been a while since we've had a guest on our show, mainly because I've been looking to find an assistant to help with the bookings. Well, we are up and running once again. In fact, the week that I'm recording this podcast, we've got five being filmed. So very excited to get back on the train and interviewing and speaking with people from various sectors of the real estate community, including investors. So if you want to learn about how to invest remotely, or if you've ever kind of considered scaling your portfolio, whether that's local or further out and building systems in order to do that, that is a conversation that Jared and I had today. I learned a bunch of stuff. We had a very good chat, give you some tips and tricks if you're looking to build that portfolio. I hope you enjoy. If you do, please hit the like button, subscribe to our channel. And if you want to leave a comment for myself or Jared, you can do that down below. Enjoy the show. Jared, thanks for joining us on the show. How you doing? Great, Bradley. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I've seen you on other podcasts as well. And I know you have so much value to bring our audience Maybe you can bring everybody up to speed. Let us know a little bit about you and kind of your journey, how you got into the real estate game. Yeah, sure. Just to give a quick summary, started investing almost a decade ago in Niagara Falls. Um, I'm from Montreal, so sort of the theme throughout uh, my investment journey is doing things a little bit differently. So never really invested in Montreal. It's always been in Southern Ontario, um, only because I lived in Ottawa and a friend of a friend started investing in condos and I thought that would be a good way to start out. So I started out in Niagara Falls in 2012 and really sort of expanded my portfolio through uh, refinancing and taking on new challenges in different markets. And long story short, I'm, I've wound up in Peterborough and Hamilton, but mainly Peterborough, that's the area where I focus um, up to 12 properties there, both personally owned as well as joint ventures. And my strategy is simple, um, simply, buying raised bungalows and converting the basement to a second suite. I've got a good process going. Uh, I know, uh, I know my numbers. I know my targets. Uh, I know the good areas, the, the not so good areas and um, doing the best to get my partners all their money back out through the full burr process. And honestly, having a really good time. Um, the, the market's been crazy as everyone knows the last year. And so you could have bought anything and done quite well, but when you're buying strategically, um, the the returns are that much more amplified. And um, looking to to keeping it going and uh, and like I said, having a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'm really excited to get to kind of pick out some of those things, right? You're, the way you are able to manage joint venture partners, you're working remotely. I know you've got some very unique systems. Now, obviously, you've got a process in place. Is this kind of been from day one, or how did that kind of evolve along your real estate journey? Um, what kind of got you into wanting to do this and um, how have you been able to fine tune it? Yeah, it definitely didn't start day one and I had zero processes day one. Um, my organizational skills are much far ahead 
than what they were two or three years ago, especially in the last year, because as you accumulate and you start building, um, the paperwork stacks up. And, uh, you know, my strategy four years ago in Peterborough was sim simply student rentals. So uh, with $100,000, you could buy a raised bungalow and put in, you know, 10 or 20 grand um, to put in another uh, washroom in the basement and some drywall to add a few bedrooms. So you'd get a six bedroom collecting uh, $3,000 per month at $500 a door, right? And that gets us our 1% rule, right? So buying the bungalow for then was a little over 300,000 and collecting $3,000 a month. Easy peasy, collect a few, good strong cash flow. And um, that was basically it. But uh, a couple of years ago, I started exploring buying privately, um, you know, through, through yellow letter campaigns, as well as dealing with multiple agents in order to find, find the deal. You know, um, I, I'm obsessed about finding the next deal in my market. And I find that those who don't or complain that there's no deals around and everything's overpriced, they're just not looking as hard as guys like myself and, uh, and others who, who make deals happen. Um, but just to you know, come back to the Burr strategy, uh, Peterborough uh, allows um, the, the bylaw permits us to create a second suite uh, in these in these houses, right? So um, they can be R1 zoned. Uh, there's no rezoning. It's simply just uh, an accessory suite that provided you have enough ceiling height, egress windows, five eighths resilient channel. Uh, you can legalize these and rents are high. So I really started exploring the velocity of money once you can do one of these every four to six months and refinance your money and um, invested into the next project. And, and that's what's keeping me really busy and my contractors and my investors. <laughs> wow, it's so interesting because again, I think there's, there's a little bit of people forgetting this is all happening remotely, right? Like when you're talking about going out, finding deals, I'm curious, the first, I, I, maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but I'm curious, how do you do that if you live in a completely different part of Canada? I'm curious, what is that? How have you set that well, up? You have the Do internet have... too, right? You've got the internet. Through the internet. So you're doing those all. So are you finding yourself? Do you have someone helping you locate deals as well? I, I cast many, many nets out into the ocean. So I'm not only a, uh, checking out MLS, I call multiple agents. I uh, send yellow letters to solicit privately. And everyone knows that I'm a serious buyer. So uh, I, I want to be the one that someone thinks about when they have a deal and they want a no hassle buyer and say, look, you know, Jared's going to buy it because he's got 12 places already. And, you know, they demonstrate some sort of credibility, right? So at the beginning, I was just working with one agent and uh, I would recommend to your listeners for those starting out, that, you know, who are looking to invest in a remote market to work with an agent that number one owns income property. Uh, and, and number two, he's going to be the, he or she will be the strong referral for the property management and contractor contacts that you'll need to, to begin your business. That's, that's the way to start. Um, yeah. Good advice. Very good advice. So I'm, so let's backtrack a little bit. So Peterborough is, is kind of where you've planted your flag and obviously you're extremely familiar now because you've done, and it sounds like you continue, you plan on continuing to do these conversions. So why Peterborough? Like what, what went into that thought process? You did obviously a lot of work up front and you're, you are standing strong with that decision. I'm curious, what was it about the city that, that drew you in? And maybe people can take that advice for, for as they're looking around as well. 
Yeah, so I went on a property tour with an agent who was showing properties around Oshawa. This is in 2017, so it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it goes by fast, right? And we were going around and there was just no cash flow to be had. And uh, the reason why is prices were, let's say, you know, asking 399, holding back and probably getting 475, then you'd probably need another 75 or 100 grand to put in the basement. Um, and I was running the numbers and I'm like, it doesn't work with current market rents. Now go back four years and imagine the rent in 2017. They are not the same rents as we get today. So at that point, I think you might get like 1400 upstairs and then like 12, 11 or 1200 downstairs. Um, so simply there was no cash flow to be had. And, you know, with my luck, I was figuring, look, and I, his name is Rob Brake, a great guy. He's now in Costa Rica. He was my, he is my, uh, my agent in, um, in Peterborough. I said, look, you know, with my luck, um, Oshawa is going to stop appreciating because it had five years of 20% year over year appreciation. And I can't bank on that. And if it's not going to cash flow, then, um, you know, it, it doesn't sit well with me. He gives me a call two months later and he says, I think I got something, Peterborough. I'm like, okay, what, what about Peterborough? So anyway, I started out on the tour with him and well, tour, it's a personal tour. We were just going around checking out houses, beautiful bungalows, nice neighborhoods for 300 grand. And um, I was sold immediately. There was, um, you have two major uh, education institutions there. You got, uh, uh, you, you know, Trent University and Fleming College each have seven to 8,000 students in an enrollment. He connected me with an investor that, you know, put up one Kijiji ad for a student uh, for a room and got like a hundred replies. Like, okay, so the demand is there. And I just copied and pasted what he did. So, you know, buy the raised bungalow, create um, a couple of extra bedrooms in the basement. So turning a three bedroom into a six bedroom, there's always one next to the kitchen. So four up, two down, or three and three however it configures. And uh, that's, that's how I started in Peterborough. That's how I started in Peterborough. It was basically cash flow because I could get strong rents at a low purchase price because at the time Peterborough's, let's say $150,000 less per home than, than Oshawa, but similar rents, right? right. And that, that uh, equates to higher cash flow. And that's what I was interested in. Yeah. I mean, if you look back the last four years, it was definitely the right call. I think what's interesting about your story is you're not getting too far into the details of numbers. It sounds like you saw an opportunity and it worked and you just pulled the trigger, which is fascinating. Maybe it's my, my I'm guilty of analysis, a little bit too much analysis paralysis. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that. If there's a lesson to be learned here, looking back, Peterborough is fantastic. There was many fantastic cities in the GTA but you saw this and, and you said, why stop? If, it were, if it's not broken, yeah. don't fix it. And I love that. I love that. Now, do you, do you focus on students for each of your homes or just the demand for students helps encourage you to get into doing uh, a couple families in these homes? Not anymore. I'll take on students if, let's say, I've got a couple students that want to sign a year-long lease and things are slow. Let's say it's, I don't know, October, November, and we need to fill it up. But um, as a matter of fact, I'm moving away from students just because one thing that a lot of investors don't realize is the amount of uh, turnover and maintenance they cause. So as a, a, you know investor from afar, um, you know, I'm paying for those lease ups, which are you know, for 
for your audience, you know, renewals on leases, right? So when the lease is up, great, the, the, the tenant's out, and then I've got to pay typically one, month, one full month's rent to my property manager to fill that room up again. You know, you'll have students stay there for eight months, 12 months, usually less than two years. So those numbers add up, they affect cash flow. And, um, you know, not to deep, dive too deeply into it, but with COVID, oh, I don't want students because I don't know when classes are on, when they're off, if uh, there's another wave and everyone want go, wants to go back home, they're gonna break their leases. I'm looking for um, young families and professionals who are interested in renting for two to three years plus, they're gonna provide some stable, in, uh, stable income, right? Because rents are so high, why do I need students? Yeah. I can simply rent it out to, uh, like I said, professionals or young couple or combination of the two. If the, if the place is big enough, then I, you know, even single family can make sense if you're, if you're buying at the right price. Yeah. And, and knowing there's universities in the location still benefits you, whether you're doing students or not, because there's still a demand, a pressure on, on the rents for that area. So absolutely. Even if you transition, clearly it doesn't change your, your love for that city. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll never say uh, no students. It's all a function of what the market conditions are like at that specific moment, at that period in time. So it, it's never the same, right? But um, I think it's good for investors to start out with student rentals, get their feet wet with that type of experience, uh, just to generate some cash flow and and learn what it's like to either be a property manager or work with one that's that's trying their best to to make it work and then transition to um, uh, call it higher tenant profile, uh, lower, lower turnover tenants where you've got some stability and uh, you don't need to get like, like you know, there's talk of uh, people in London and Windsor doing like eight, 10 bedroom student rentals and I get it and, and you know, it's great, but banks aren't gonna wanna touch that to refinance it and be just, you know, no matter what, if there's no locks, if there's no nothing, they, they know what it is. Um, that's a great asset to just sort of keep as a cash flow beast, right? Just bring in the money, but don't expect to refinance it anytime soon. And um, if you can't repurpose it, then, then that's fine as is. But um, there's, such a, there's such an opportunity right now with raised bungalows and converting them that uh, that's where my focus has been. It's such a good point. I, I never really thought of that from the student's perspective, from the student um, landlord perspective is when you change these regulations, it, it forces your hand a little bit for people who would otherwise provide housing for students. I mean, put aside the replacing the tenants, maybe you're local, you're doing yourself. Even still, the inability to refinance is pushing people out of that market, which obviously affects the housing. And, and as prices go up, it's you kind of wish you had more students in order to, to get that 1% rule, which is near impossible other than maybe some of these areas you mentioned. But so let's kind of take a step back um, right here. I'm curious. So you've got obviously a lot of experience investing remotely. So have you invested in Montreal? Have you only invested in, in the GTA? And what are some things you've learned? Like what kind of advice would you give to someone who's considering doing something like that? Yeah. Um, Funnily enough, I have one duplex here in Montreal. It is six blocks away that way. Um, and I just have one because we were able to put 5% down, right? Claim it's, uh, uh, you know, we're going to move into it. And uh, basically we're making all the money off of the low interest uh, mortgage pay down. 
and it's in a good area and it was all done. So we wanted something easy. When I say we, it's uh, my partner and I, and uh, it was just a great opportunity to introduce her to a little bit of my world and show her what I do um, in, in other parts of the country, like Peterborough. I'm also in Hamilton. I've got a place in Windsor and Aurelia, but like I said, I focus in, in, in Peterborough right now. And um, in, sorry, what was the second part to your question? Yeah, I'm just curious for someone who's considering investing remotely, what would be some thoughts? Like if you were to kind of look back at, at what are some of the challenges? What are some of the opportunities? Do you think it's helpful to do that? Maybe you're in a market that's good locally. Would there be a benefit to going remote, even if you could invest in your hometown? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it because it really does broaden your horizons. Not to be cheesy, but like once you can invest in a remote market, I can pick whichever market I want and I know where to start. I know how to build that business um, and I would encourage it. But I, I, I think that the steps one and two are critical. Number one is pick a market and, and stick with it. There are so many good markets. I mean, yes, I want to invest in Sudbury and yes, I want to buy 10 homes in Windsor and, you know, hot markets will always be popping up. And I think investors who don't pull the trigger, they're always investing. They're always asking investors like me or anyone else. Um, what do you think about this market? What do you think about that market? They're asking me now what, what I think about Cornwall because I'm going to go there. And I'm like, yeah, it's a great market. There's a lot of cash flow. It's halfway between Montreal and Ottawa. It's definitely only going to appreciate. Just do it. It doesn't have to be that much more complex than that. I know there's a lot to it in migration, population growth, transportation development. But at the end of the day, pick your market. And once, once you're there, um, you know, you asked how, how I do it in Peterborough. Well, uh, you know, I jokingly said the internet, but the truth is you can connect with people on meetup groups. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Facebook groups um, and, and on Instagram, wherever, where you can connect with experienced investors who are, uh, who are having success in the market that you're interested in investing in. You need to connect with those people. Uh, you know, uh, understand the strategy and then dive in and contact a, a, you know, a reputable realtor in that area that, that buys income properties themselves and connect with them and get a plan going where you say, hey, uh, I've got this much saved up. I want to buy a property in this, in your market, but I'm going to need help with introductions for contractors uh, if it's not turnkey and definitely a property manager because I don't live in the town. And normally they're they're very helpful right they they want to they want to grow their business as well and they want to help uh beginner investors purchase their their first property even if they're um outside of town and more and more investors are doing what i'm doing so it's it, it's definitely nothing special but it does take a leap of faith and it does take some um you need to build relationships right you need to build that trust with your team that's going to um, give you quality you know quality feedback on on the house you bought, on the tenants you have, you know, without that, it's very difficult to run a business. So, you know, I've got a, many eyes and ears in Peterborough that are looking at on my behalf. And the truth is their success in their business relies on me expanding my portfolio. And that's how you have to see it. It, it has to be a win-win, right? It's not just a, well, I'm helping you. So, uh, you know, that, that, <laughs> it needs to be um, mutually beneficial and yeah. I, I could go on and on, but I, I think you get the idea, right? Well, you begin, know what? You hit on some that. good points there. Yeah. And I mean, I agree. I agree with all of those things. And I, I mean, the relationships, right? 
just do it. You said just do it. We should trademark that. There's so many. There's so many. Uh, there's so many things that you mentioned there that you do it before you're ready. Because everyone, no one's, no one's ever ready. Just do it before you're ready. I yeah. think that's a better one. Where m- most people are just questioning themselves. How did you do this? How did you do that? Well, do do some things before you're ready. You can get get seventy five percent there on the education end, and then and then take action, and you'll figure out the, the other twenty five. It's funny when you think about all. I thought of this before. Um, these are some of the weird, weird thoughts of Bradley. But all of the things in life that are the best things in life come with this kind of risk or uncertainty and not knowing the end result. I mean, if you were to look at all the things that you've done that have been most important, I know in my life, they've all come with a. You're taking a bit of a leap of faith, and I don't think this is any different. And but that said, those who are unwilling to take that leap of faith are the ones that will get left behind, and that's the majority. So, I mean, I think that when you come in, say, just kind of jump into it, get going. I I think that's the right thing. Not to say it's completely uncalculated, it's completely blindfolded, but it's absolutely needs to happen before you feel 100% ready. I I totally love that. So, for someone who wants to expand, grow their portfolio, what would be some things that they should be focusing on right now? Like what are some key steps they should take in order to to build that real estate portfolio? We we do have just the I kind of set the tone. We have a lot of investors with multiple properties even that follow our podcast big, small, what are some things that they can be doing to grow? Yeah, so I said it before, in terms of focusing on the market, I I think I got uh, shiny object syndrome at the beginning of investing. I bounced around to a few markets and I don't necessarily regret it because certain things just weren't working out in certain markets and I didn't know how to respond. But I think focusing on a market, um, especially once you have, let's say three to five doors in that area or under 10 is extremely helpful because it's so much easier to deal with one contractor, one property manager, and, and you build your business that way. Um, another thing, and it's obvious is that, you know, I'm with building stack or a property software management company that helps uh, investors, large and small organize their portfolio, their documents, their rental payments, uh, the communication when uh, there's troubleshooting that needs to be done regarding maintenance and any tenant issues, uh, as well as marketing, right? There's a lot of vacancies now with the uh, transition from urban centers to more rural settings. And what we offer is um, basically a, an automated advertisement portal where, you, you know, we, we draw on all your uh, marketing content, the, the pictures, the layouts, uh, the rules and regulations of the building, and we push that out to multiple, uh, multiple channels so that you're not stuck just doing one at a time, one for Gijiji, one for Facebook, one for Alue or rent, rental.ca. Uh, so yeah, it's really building that system so you have uh, an, organized, an organized foundation to, to build from is really key. And look, I'm uh, definitely not perfect myself. I'm, as you can tell, I'm the type of guy that just goes, 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 and I leave a mess behind me. Now I'm cleaning up that mess and I'm uh, starting to, to get some help on that end to organize my life. And, and, and that is normal. You, you know, you'll have, uh, the, you know, the investors that are, um, are, are scaling quickly, usually they, they do have some help. So I would also encourage your audience not to think that you can do it all alone. Um, that's been a, a challenge for me because I think I started out this investment process thinking, well, if I buy my own homes and I've got my own cash flow and my own appreciation, then it's all mine. 
Um, but the truth is that the, the better you are at building those relationships in, in your power team and in partners, like I know you know, um, just the faster you can grow and you can't do it all alone. If you think you can talk to a, an A lender after five to 10 properties, <laughs> you know, there's, uh, there's obstacles along the way. So um, networking is so important as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you just kind of briefly mentioned building stack and you've got for anyone watching with video, they can see the logo in the corner. So it's funny because a lot of people who start investing, they build their portfolio. Maybe they do joint ventures. They natural for them to move in property management or move into some kind of contracting business. Sounds like you've taken more of a tech approach. I'm curious what, what was involved in that decision and kind of getting um, creating that platform and how has that really helped you or been able to come at it from a different angle? Yeah, so there's many different aspects to real estate like you're aware of, you know, just keeping track of the paperwork, but as well, there, there's marketing communication and you want to have a, a centralized hub where you can manage everything from. doesn't mean you pick up the phone or you never send an email, but the idea is that as, as you go, go through growth, you don't want everything to be sort of fragmented and decentralized because uh, it'll lead to a lot of stress. I mean, you'll be on phone calls where you'll be, you'll spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes longer looking for a document that you can't find. So you want everything readily available. Um, you want to know where your vacancies are. You want to know um, how soon something's going to be filled. You want to be the first to respond when uh, there's a leaky faucet or problems with the toilet or the AC goes out, right? And uh, communication is the name of the game. So the idea is that you'd start um, with uh, a property management software that facilitates all, that, uh, you know, uh, is comprised of all those features. And, um, you know, we're also Canadian based. So that's the idea, it's Canadian currency. I know there's a lot of competition from the US where uh, we, uh, we know our markets well and we have um, you know, multiple doors across the entire country. Um, over 250 clients, uh, over 150,000 doors, and we've established ourselves as one of the, the strongest prop tech businesses out there. So, you know, I'm having a lot of fun, and I, I jumped onto this uh, opportunity because I was having issues myself managing my own properties, and I noticed, funnily enough, that my property managers in in Peterborough, without me. Uh, nudging them, uh, they they signed on to to building stack through hearing about them uh, through another podcast or or meetup, and so it just made sense, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I encourage. I mean, I think more and more technology is playing a big impact. We've had other guests on the show that have um, not this exact software, but software that does everything you can maybe to streamline I, what i like about yours is that it brings a lot of things together but we have a lot of platforms where you'll run a credit check but what about doing a bank check we had guys come in and talk about that so being able to try and add on i think in the real estate buying and selling world there's a lot of things available a lot of resources a lot of systems in place but when you jump over into the the landlord tenant world we're kind of short we're kind of short so I think having platforms like this allows us for those, like you're saying, and it's funny that building stack was a response when it comes to growth. Um, is there any other ways you'd say people could um, outside of systems and that way you mentioned relationships, like what are some key relationships that have helped you and, and you'd encourage others to have that can kind of move them along? Again, I know you mentioned real estate, but I know there's so much more to a power team and I'm sure you're working with as well. 
Yeah, so I guess you know the best book I ever read regarding joint venture partnerships is uh, Money People Deal by Steph Arneo. And you know, he simplified it best where th those who go really far in real estate are because they find the deals and they find the money. Those are really the two biggest pillars of this game. And uh, I, I know you're familiar with joint venture partnerships. They're a great way to go because there's always risk in, in private money is very expensive if you have a deal. And the idea is that, you know, this, this is a, a lot of fun, uh, th this business, when you're able to work with either friends, families, or other people that are interested in real estate, but really don't have the time to manage tenants, toilets, termites, like they always say, or just the, uh, just the business, because it, it's not a fully passive business. I, I have property managers, I need them, and uh, that's the way I started my business, uh, but it's, it's even not fully passive, even when you have that. So the, the idea is that it's, it's often uh, best to reach out to uh, the meetups and the networks, because there's a lot of people who, who want to invest in real estate, but don't have the time, I would encourage your listeners who, who want to grow uh, once they have a few properties and they're, they're no longer qualified on the A lending end is to explore the idea of joint venturing with um, friends, family, work colleagues, et cetera, because uh, there's, there's a lot of opportunity. Many people want to invest in real estate and you don't know about it. And when you show them some of the success that you've had, um, not in a bragging way, just say, look, bought this a few years ago for this, this is what it's worth now, this is what we've done to it. Uh, it really piques people's curiosity and th there's always an opportunity to, to form a partnership when, when it's right, when the synergy is right, when um, there's a good relationship and there's a, you know, a common vision of, of what you want in three, five years and beyond. Um, yeah, absolutely. Joint Ventures is a great way to go to, to, for those of your listeners that are looking to build past three to five doors. Yeah. And, and for the listeners who are in the city, I think this has been a really good episode because they're able to see that you don't have to stay local. And unfortunately, with what where prices have gone in the GTA, we've often felt, hey, I'm going to move out to, you know, Peterborough as an example. And, and that's kind of close enough for me, but there's, there's enough cash flow built into there. Well, now with the expansion <clears throat> that we're seeing, we have to be more and more comfortable with being outside of a drivable distance. And I think you've been doing that before it was cool. And I think it's a good opportunity for people to, to hear how that could work. And, and I love that you're still doing it. It's not like you did it. Say, I'm never doing that again. You've actually been able to build a system around it and, and want to continue doing it and actually are expanding into other markets that are further away from you as well. So I, I love watching you on social. I'm curious, maybe share with our audience where people could find you, kind of tune into your journey and also get involved or, or figure out what's going on with Building Stack. Sure. Yeah. Um, my email is jared at buildingstack.com. And uh, my Instagram handle is jaredh55. That's J-A-R-E-D-H 55. Um, those are two great places to reach out to me, whether they're interested in building stack or real estate in general. Please hit me up. I'm always up for, uh, for talking about real estate and, and helping out investors any, any way I can. Yeah, that'd be great. Beautiful. Thank you, Jared. Appreciate you taking the time to share with our listeners and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Thanks so much, Bradley. Take care.